Hey guys, quick shout out to all of our sponsors. Started with Taigatu. This is a brand that's based out here in the Northwest, started by two brothers, and their motto is freedom from ordinary. This brand is an amazing lifestyle brand. Go check them out, Taigatu. Use the code TOPRATEDMMA for a discount at the checkout. Reweb, they're a veteran-owned digital marketing agency, and they're on a mission to help one million small businesses and feed one billion people by giving back. In fact, if you go to their website, you can fill out a form right now. They will give you a personalized video review of your website and help you with some strategies for free. Just tell them Top Radio May sent you. Go check them out, rewebbed.com. Combat flags, they do flags like the one behind me and the original combat flag, which is a four by six inch flag made by fatigues that are donated to combat flags from soldiers that wore them. And the cool thing is every combat flag that comes out to you has the story of the soldier that wore that fatigue. They have donated close to $80,000 to stop soldier suicide, a great organization. Go check them out, Combat Flags. Rep Sports, look, this is not your typical supplement store. These guys have everything and they taste great and it's good prices. Protein, weight loss, muscle build, pre-workout, you name it, they've got it. Plus, they're the makers of Ray's Energy. Like I said, go check them out. Rep Sports at TopRatedMMA.com. Use the code TopRatedMMA for 15% off your order and go order them too. Brad, you're the CEO of Lightspeed. You're an author, sales master, all-around badass, man. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure, man. It was excellent to be invited. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go back, man. You grew up in Pacific Northwest. I'm also from Tri-Cities, Washington. Grew up in Seattle area, Covington. And, but what was childhood like for you out there? You know, I had a pretty good childhood. You know, uh, we, were, we were probably lower middle class, uh, blue collar workers. Um, played outside, went up in the mountains. You know, normal, I think. Well, not normal now, but I think it was a great childhood. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing this story that you said on like Ed's show that when you were six years old, you were selling candy. I love that pitch you were telling people about going through the roof and, you know, things like that. Did you have anyone in sales or that was an entrepreneur that kind of helped you with think that, or was that just all on your own? Yeah, I just developed it. Nobody really helped me. Uh, I can tell you that my dad tampered with entrepreneurialism for a split second. Okay. Had a couple businesses, but then got sued and lost all of it and went back to blue collar. So I was probably, I don't know, 10 to maybe 12 during those those times so i had a little uh entrepreneurial exposure with him trying some things however that was when i was in first grade at the school yeah and, you know i just started knocking on doors and they were buying one or two and i just figured you know let me try something funny or you know let right. me develop a pitch so i developed that one i just put the candy bars behind my back and i said <laughs> do you have the phone number to a good roof repairman they'd say what I'd say, because when you taste one of these, you're going to go through the roof. Come on. They started buying boxes at a time, and I knew I've tapped into something. Yeah. Well, and then you're 17 years old. You go and work at a car dealership because you lied to them. You told me you were 18. You totally kicked ass at that. And you ended up doing that for 25 years. I did that for three months out of high school, but I was a big stoner kid, and they were going to pay me 1800 bucks a month whether I sold the car or not. So I thought, oh, this is a sweet deal. But, you know, why did you decide to go into car sales, man? And why, why do you think you excelled so well at that? Well, first question, why is because I got a taste of actual work, hard labor. A lot of times yeah. people say, you know, hard work is all you have to do to succeed. And that's not true at all. Um, right. I went out and did the hard work, you know, uh, ended up squirting on stumps with this heavy backpack, getting poison oak. It was terrible. <laughs> so, so I quit that. And then I opened the paper and saw an ad 
advertising for a salesperson at this Pontiac Volkswagen dealership. So, you know, I put on nice clothes, cologne, you know, smelled like freaking fresh out of the shower instead of up in the mountains, getting poison oak and sweat and getting poked in the eye with a stick, you know? And so I went in there and I didn't know you had to be 18, but when they, when I filled out an application, um, one of the guys was talking to me. So I basically just, um, wrote down 18, uh, okay. when I was actually 17 still, but not far from 18. And, uh, you know, within, I say a month, the GM came in because I was telling people I was 17 like an idiot. Okay. <laughs> GM called me and basically said, uh, everyone says, or I hear you're 17. And I said, yes, sir. He said, when do you turn 18? I said, about a month, month and a half maybe. And he said, you think you can keep your mouth shut that long? Right. And I'm like, well, sure. Because I had a bunch of cars out. And why I excelled, man, dude, I got to tell you, you know, Selling cars isn't hard. People aren't coming in there looking for a bag of oranges and you got to, you know, get them to buy a car. They're coming to look for a car for pizza. Right. Yeah. Like it's not that difficult. What you need to understand is I think sales is, is more of a relationship game. And, and I've always known that. And ultimately, you know, I, I wasn't lazy. I was new. I was eager and I was personable. So I just excelled because man, we had a bunch of cars and they were looking for them. What a match made in heaven. Right, man. And you've trained, I mean, everybody from Grant Cardone and so many others, you know, what is the number one key for being a great salesman? I mean, you talk about relationship, is that the key, but is it something else? Yeah. I think that the key to the, to being a really good salesperson is empathy. Mm. You know, you have to be able to feel what they feel like. You have to be able to imagine yourself in their position. You know, you have to you have to listen and, and really, you know, kind of have intuition. Yeah. But at the end of the day, empathy is the number one thing, I believe. But other than that, because I, I don't know if you can learn empathy. Uh, I think you just have it or you don't. But, yeah. but ultimately, I think what you can learn is to ask good questions and listen to the answers. It's, it's the salesmen that think sales is about talking that do the worst. Right. I loved when you were on Ed's show and you kind of stumped him with that quarter nickel dime story. I was cracking up because he did, couldn't figure it out. That was like the best, best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that just proves active listening. Most people, when, they, when they're listening to you, they're listening, but they're not actively excuse me, listening. And right. that's the difference. If I tell you what kind of car do you want and you start to tell me, if, you, if someone's actively listening, they could also tell you what kind of car you don't want. Yeah. Um, it, at the end of the day, that works in reverse. So a lot yeah. of times when customers, you know, don't want to look at your product or service, they say, I'm just looking, you know, in, in that particular case, you, the better you can listen and the better questions that you ask will determine how to get them to move forward. And then you become a closer. Right. The difference between a salesperson and a closer is the closer comes in when, when the customer says no and doesn't want to move forward. So a closer is who grabs the customer after they've said no, there's an objection. And, and, and can get them to continue to move forward regardless. The salesperson, again, you can make a great living as a salesperson, but just because you're a salesperson doesn't make you a closer. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and you know, entrepreneurship has so many fails. Everyone fails. Was there a failure that you encountered that just had this massive impact on you? 
you know, I've failed a lot of times. I don't think any of them had a massive impact on me though. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't really view failures as failures. I view, I view them as attempts. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, so I tried big deal. A lot of times people view a failure as something where it could cause some sort of major impact, but I've had a lot of failures, but I don't think any of them really impacted me very much. They, yeah. They, they, yeah I mean, water off a duck's back. Right. Yep. How do you handle fear? Do you ever get scared about anything? Well, I realize that you can't get rid of fear, um, yeah. but you can leverage it. So like, for example, some people, you know, when they're, when they want to start a business or approach a customer or, you know, ask somebody out they, they they have this fear of loss. I just don't have it only because I realize I, I fear not gaining. You see the difference? Yeah. Like one time I had a buddy of mine ask me, you know, help him figure out how to get, start getting the ladies. And so I'm right. like, yeah, dude, he's like, how do you do it? I go, you know, what do you mean? He goes, well, you get, you know, a lot of girls. I said, dude, listen, let's go to the mall after school and, and, and I'll show you how to pick up the ladies. So we show up there and, you know, I, I literally see this beautiful girl walking by. I'm like, dude, look right there, that one. He goes, dude, I'm not asking her out. I said, why? He said, what if she says no? And I said, well, then you'll be in the exact position you are right now. Right. So the thing is, is like if that, it turned a light bulb on, on, on in his head and he realized that that was true. In other words, he was in the same position he would be if she says no. The worst thing in his head was her to say no. And that would only put him in exactly the position he's in. Yeah. So, so, so once he realized that, he went up and asked her out. And of course, she did say no. But that started to get him to, you know, willing to ask people out. And he started asking people out. And next thing you know, man, he was, he was like a, a, a really popular dude in school. And he dated more than almost anybody because he took more ups. He, you know, he, he basically yeah. asked everybody out and, they, awesome. and a bunch of them said yes, more so than the normal person because he asked so many people out. Right. Same thing with sales, same thing with life. You know, I don't fear losing. I fear staying the same. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, so I just change what I fear. Yeah. Most, most people don't, don't change what they fear. They just, they just, they just cause it to paralyze them. Yep. Oh, man, it's so good. I want to talk about your closer school. Uh, you have this thing. It's currently only 397 bucks. It's a smoking deal. But what are folks getting for that price, man? Well, the reason it's 397 is because I created a master class that basically yeah. lays a foundation. And then my plan was to go in and really drill down on preparation, mindset, you know, uh, negotiations, follow up, you know, all of the things I've learned over 40 years. Yeah. So I'm getting 397 because it's not all in there yet. Gotcha. But I, but I, but I will raise the price when I start dropping that in there. Um, because it'll just be a massive library of unbelievable information right now. There's some unbelievable information that doubles, triples, quadruples revenues and, you know, literally makes people better, better human beings. Right. Um, so I put it 397 because it's not completely filled up yet. Okay. And so the incentive is buy it now when you're only really buying it for, for, the, for the course. And then when I drop all the rest in, you just get it free. By the way, right now it's 397 for life. As soon as right. I drop in, the rest is going to be 397 a year. I mean, I'm sorry, it'll be 997 and it'll be per year. So if you're going to get it, I'd get it now. Right. 
Oh man, it's such a great deal. I'm actually gonna, I just talked to a buddy this morning. We're both gonna jump in, man. So I'm excited about it. Overall, man, I'm telling you right now, the, the, the masterclass on sales and closing would literally take a good, solid salesperson and turn them into a badass. That's what I'm liking, man. That's what I love. I work for a startup right now, but my passion, podcasting, working with, you know, with folks like you and, and things like that, man. So hopefully my podcast can go to the next level. And that's what I need, man. I need the closer school for sure, you, man. You're getting, you're, well, you don't have to close to do a podcast um, if you, unless you're trying to close people to be on it. Right. But you don't have a problem being on it, dude. It's no. the beard. The beard yeah. and the flags will close me. Nice. Well, I appreciate that, man. Absolutely, dude. Uh, you have this new book coming out, Lessons I've Learned the Hard Way, so you don't have to. It's on pre-order right now. Folks can go and do that. When's the actual book come out? You know, whenever it comes out. Okay. I, cool. I wish I could say, you know, November yeah. 15th. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but, but I have a couple more chapters I want to put in it before I consider it done. Oh, nice. So I, it would have been out before, but then the COVID uh, thing crashed kind of the world for a split second. So I said, oh, you know, let me put it off. And then that became two weeks, three weeks. But uh, I would say in the next 15 days, I'll finish. Nice. And then I'm going to ship it off to be printed and however long that takes. So I would say probably in the next two to four weeks, it'll be done and shipping. Okay, man, I'm excited for it. I'm going to be picking that up for sure. Now, as I mentioned, you're the CEO of Lightspeed where you guys help create or help folks create, launch and market their own interactive courses. How did all that come together like outside after car sales? How did you, you know, put this thing together? Well, during car sales, I rose up through the ranks, started running the teams and running the dealerships. And I realized that I had the ability to pretty much take anyone off the street and turn them into a badass closer and a badass closer can make real money. Yeah. Right. So I took, so I took these, you know, people that I knew a family is a guy worked at the dealership and I took his, Ass brought him up front, taught him how to close and just changed his life, watched his whole family transform and thought, man, that's cool. I want to do this for a living. Yeah. So I basically quit my job, started a training company to go do it for whoever wanted to hire me. Yeah. So I, I started that and then it started to make me realize that training is not just, you know, spending an hour and talking. And the way I realized that is because when I first started, it wasn't really working. I'm like, what's going on? And I said, man, what was I doing before? I was making freaking people left and right. <laughs> so I tracked what I was doing meticulously before when it worked really well. And then yeah. I tracked what I was doing after I quit and started my own company. And I realized that there were four ingredients that were making me successful that I didn't realize that I didn't bring with me to my new business. And so it was kind of struggling. And so, and so once I realized that, I knew I had to invent something to fix it, which was our light speed system. And, and boom, the rest is history. Once I built it, it worked for me. And then I started showing it to all the other big name trainers. And next thing you know, light speeds of multi-million dollar worldwide, you know, leader in, in tech. Like I became a tech CEO right. out of the blue. Yeah. Oh man. So, so cool. Well, I mean, what's next for you? I mean, what is it? What's the big goal that you got going on next? You know, I need to, uh, my goal is to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. So, yeah. so that entails continuously doing that. Um, I don't have any other goals. I, I think that's a lifelong goal. I don't think it's, it's possible to achieve in a lifetime. I think I can only inspire people to finish. But at the end of the day, if we have the knowledge from all the people who have it, 
available to all the people who need it, failure would become obsolete. Right. I mean, the reason people are going out of businesses is because they don't know how to close. They don't know how to secure financing. They don't know how to, you know, use QuickBooks. They don't know how to find customers. There's a problem and that's why they're failing. Yeah. Marriages are failing. You know, children are dropping out of school, getting pregnant early. You know, what's going on? Where, why all the failure? Right. Well, I found out the failure is from a lack of information. Like, I mean, obviously there's exceptions to every rule. Some people might fail because they have a chemical imbalance and they want to, I don't know, right. but, but most people don't want to fail. Like, if, like, for example, if you started a business, do you want to succeed or fail? Absolutely succeed. Okay. So then why did 92% yeah. of businesses go out of business within the first year? There's right. 28 million small businesses in the United States. 92% of businesses go out of business the first year. Wow. So again, why is everyone going out of business? And when I say everyone, I'm being dramatic to make my point. Totally. Because a lot of us stayed in business, brother. Yeah. So anyway, at the end of the day, that's my point. I want to raise the, the, the quality of life for the globe. Yeah. And that means to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. So like every time someone says, what's next, what's your next goal? Like, I, I can't think past this one. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I wanted to transition to a couple of fun questions to end the show. I'm a big music guy. So I was going to ask this, do you have a favorite band or favorite type of music you like to listen to? You know, right now my favorite is, is a rapper. Okay. NF. NF. Okay. Uh, he's actually a Christian rapper and I didn't yeah. even know it. I'm listening to the tune. I'm like, dude, this guy's like Eminem. This is badass. Right. And you know, it turns out he's a Christian rapper so I can play all the music around my kids and it doesn't bother me. But I, you know, when you say favorite, you know, I don't know if I have a favorite. I'm just really digging him right yeah. now. You know, I, I, I believe it or not, my wife got me into country music. So okay. like, you know, I'm, I'm digging some country people too. Like Tim nice. McGraw is always yeah. awesome. Um, but, but at the end of the day, man, music of all kinds i'm a big big fan i would say music is my favorite nice yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure dude <laughs> again i mean people, people always hear me like they see me driving home i'm listening to rap then they see me i'm listening to country then they see me i'm listening to heavy metal and, and hardcore old school classical everyone's like dude what kind of music do you like yeah all of it yeah Yep. That's how I used to be just be the straight metal head back in the day. I worked for Universal Records and they said, no, you have to actually listen to these other rock groups and country bands. And I was like, what? You know, and then slowly kind of opened my ears to other, you know, types of music. And so, yeah, I'm all over the place as well now. Right on. Last question for you. You obviously, you mentor millions of people virtually and in person, but who mentors you? You know, I get, I receive mentoring from a lot of people. I mean, because of my clients, I can, you know, pretty much text or tap into a lot of the you know, marquee names of the world and brands and CEOs you've never heard of, but are very smart and successful. So, you know, everyone mentors me, believe it or not, you know, my, yeah. my own children, I learned from, I was right. learning some things the other day. I'm thinking to myself, man, like that's, that's, it's unbelievable that if, if, if everyone realizes when they walk around the earth, that, that when you see anybody, anybody and realize they know something you don't and you have the intention of seeking knowledge. When those two meet, I think there's a little bit of uh, magic that happens. So my, my number one, you know, mentor is, is life. Yeah. You yeah. know, life is my number one mentor, but 
again, I mean, I could say Grant Cardone's taught me a lot of things. Um, Tony Robbins, you know, but, but again, I mean, I don't have to know them to teach me either right now. I'm, I'm, I'm digging on Robert, Robert Green, you know, he's yeah. teaching me some things. He's mentoring me some things. So remember when people are listening to this, because a lot of times I hear people, well, I can't afford a mentor. Well, usually folks, mentors don't charge you. Okay. Yeah. The people that charge you are called the coaches and consultants, right? So, so if you're paying for mentoring, it's not really mentoring in my book, it's coaching or consulting. Yeah. Why? Well, because usually mentor means, you know, your grandpa put his arm around you and helped you or somebody in the business kind of took a like and put you under his wing and started teaching you a few things. That's mentoring. Yeah. Um, but if you realize that everyone you enter, encounter knows something you don't and you intentionally seek knowledge on a regular basis, man, you're, you're, you're learning from everybody. Hmm. Yeah. Everybody. So, yeah. so if you can't afford a mentor, because a lot of people tell me that. Right. $20, a download audible, a YouTube video, a podcast is mentoring. Don't make an excuse not to get coaching and seek knowledge. That's the, one of the biggest mistakes I've made. And I'll tell you, people I say, you know, what, what do you regret? You know, I regret not seeking knowledge sooner. Yes. Yeah. My dumbass knew it all. I didn't read <laughs> books. I wouldn't listen to you. I wouldn't listen to them. I wouldn't listen to anybody. I knew everything. Right. You know, now looking back, if I could go back to 20 years old and start devouring books and seeking the knowledge with intention, buddy, I would have been a billionaire by 30 years old. Yeah, man. Uh, same way, man. Same way. Brad, such an honor to have you on my show, man. This was mind-blowing show, man. I so appreciate you taking the time and coming on and, and chatting with me today, man. It was really, truly an honor to have you on. Man, thanks. It's truly an honor to be to be invited. I'm like, dude, I ain't got a beard. <laughs> no beards required, man. Just, the, yeah, but, just that the, must, but that must make me extra special to get on this show without a beard. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I so appreciate it. Please leave a comment down below. Leave us a review. Share this video. We want to get it in front of as many people as we can. I'm going to continue to bring on the best guests possible from world changers, entrepreneurs, success-minded people, and the best up-and-coming fighters, real fighters, real stories. We are creating visionaries here on this channel. Thank you so much for checking it out. Have an awesome day.